Well, we are back with another episode of the Down to Earth podcast. I'm really grateful to have with me Pastor Chul Yu out of Ashton, Maryland. He is the pastor at Christ Community Church there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Silas. Thanks for having me on. Glad yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I've heard a lot about you. I guess you and my pastor, uh, Chris Partika, who was on uh, one of my earlier episodes, he talks about you often. So I've heard a lot of great things. So um, sounds like you're you're quite the guy <laughs> in his eyes, for sure. No, I, well, Chris is a good friend. We go back a long way, back to college days. So, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, really glad to know uh, him and, and Denise. Mm, uh, they, yes. They've been really good friends over the years. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I remember you visiting us. Uh, so I guess this was a few months back. Maybe you were on vacation uh, with your yes, family. Yeah. It was great to meet you guys then. And I know we've talked a few different times and your name has come up. So I'm really grateful to to have you on. And I guess I can even let you start if you want to briefly mention kind of your story, um, I guess, of coming to repentance and faith in Jesus and kind of what your ministry journey has been like to bring you to where you are now in Maryland. Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, I was born in Korea, and mm. we immigrated uh, to the United States uh, back in 1981. I was nine at the time. And um, uh, being an immigrant family, uh, you know, my parents, uh, for, num- for a number of years, had a tough time. Mm. Just financially, you know, uh, mm. the, uh, so we moved into a small, like a mobile home park um, uh, in Virginia, and I started attending a little Baptist mission, they called it back then. It was a church plant. This is the better the word we use today, but okay. back in those days, they called it a Baptist mission. Okay. And I started attending vacation Bible school there, uh, just really out of boredom, not, not because of any <laughs> Christian interest. They gave cookies and snacks, and so all that was a plus, right? Right. So I started attending that church through VBS and... Um, Back back then, they had what's called RAs and GAs, mm-hmm. sort of like a mission training uh, ministry that Southern Baptists uh, did. Yes, uh, that's I- how I started attending church there, and uh, the pastor there, Reverend Gardner, uh, led me to the Lord. Awesome. Um, right around my high school, I was about 12 at the time, uh, 12, 13 uh, at the time. Uh, by the time I got into high school, he had moved to actually take a larger church across town. And um, I went to a local church for a couple years just out of necessity of transportation. And then once I was able to drive, I uh, followed him to mm. uh, his church. Okay. And uh, felt God's calling me into ministry at that point. And he began to mentor me and help me. Um after high school, he became uh, the director of a Christian alcohol and drug rehab center in South Carolina and asked me to come. Okay, cool. Uh, so I went and worked there for three years. Uh, by God's grace, made it out alive, <laughs> and then and then went off to school. So I was at uh, then went off to Moody Bible Institute uh, and then Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. Then finished up my time at Duke University. Uh, so okay. I thought I was going to do academic work, which was kind of what I thought my calling was uh, for a number of years. And after I wrapped up at Duke, um, I applied to some PhD programs 
but uh, we had one 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 child at the time. We're expecting a second, so the finances just got really really bogged down. And um, sure. so I decided to take a couple years just to work. And so I moved down to Atlanta uh, to work for one of my cousins. Uh, he owned an appraisal company, and during that time, we felt sort of like a tugging toward more of a local church ministry context. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make the matters more complicated, I sort of got into my dream school. So, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, uh, so we deferred our admissions. We, I wrote them and asked them to defer and they did, uh, just try to sort things out. But sure. at that point we felt like, yeah, the Lord is leading us to more of a le- local church ministry context. And so uh, we changed gears and uh, I planted uh, for the Georgia Baptist Convention. I was a church planter for uh, almost six years Uh, and um, and then went on staff to be with my kind of parent church uh, for three years. And then after that, I ended up here in Maryland. Okay, gotcha. So you're um, experience with ministry. So you've been, I guess you're a senior pastor now. So you've yeah. done some church planning. Um, and I get Chris mentioned now you've even done some revitalization work with some, uh, church like merging. Um, so you have a pretty vast local church, uh, <laughs> resume or experience then that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just by default, you know, nothing yeah. I had planned. Uh, <laughs> yes, our current church is a product of a merger. Okay. So, um, you know, we weren't anticipating that, but uh, we had an opportunity to do that. And uh, so back in 2019, we uh, were informed of a church that was looking for a merger, merging par- partner. So we were introduced and things really evolved well. So we merged back in uh, February of 2020. And then we met one week and then COVID just shut everything down. So we mm-hmm. really are just now sort of really feeling like a merged church. Yeah. Because it was really kind of tricky trying to navigate a brand new merged church and then COVID shut everything down. So we're trying to figure out things on multiple fronts at that juncture, but, but by God's grace, we made it. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Praise God for sure. That's, that's awesome. So with where you're at now, uh, what would you say um, is one of, like your favorite things about your church body? Like, what do you feel your church body uh, embodies really well uh, when it comes to portraying Christ to the world and in your context? What is kind of one thing that kind of stands out when you think about Christ Community Church? Yeah, great question. Um, I think one of the things that really, um, I don't know if bothers me or it's, it's as I look out into the evangelical landscape, is that so many of our churches are very monolithic. And I think that's, uh, I was a product of that as well, Um, along either color lines or Mm. socioeconomic lines, just, you know, like attract like. And I think um, uh, our churches are very monolithic along those lines. Anyways, one of my desires has always been to be, to serve, work, be a part of a diverse church. And uh, especially if the area calls for that necessity, mm-hmm. right? And right. so um, I think one of the great joys of our church uh, is that we're a very diverse church, partly through the merger, partly before the merger, but even more so with the merger. 
Uh, many of us were second gen Asians, not mm -hmm. not just solely, but predominantly. And then right. the church we merged with is was predominantly older Anglo uh, Anglo congregation. So uh, there's great diversity. Yeah, I tell our people all the time when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus teaches us to pray, that you know the Lord's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I think there's a lot of diverse people from many tribes worshiping the Lord Jesus in heaven, and we're supposed to, you know, uh, uh, do that here on mm -hmm. earth. And so I'm very thankful for that. So that brings me a lot awesome. of joy. We have people on different political spectrums, obviously. Sure. Uh, so there are challenges to, to, to all that, but I think those challenges are worth working through mm. uh, to demonstrate my Revelation 7 uh, here on earth. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. That brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. Um, I've talked with a few pastors on, on the podcast, and uh, my dad's been a pastor for, I think, almost 40 years. Um, so I've known a lot of his pastor friends for a long time, and the whole COVID thing and dealing with the politics side of that, um, very few people have had a, a similar response to you where you can kind of see, um, I guess, a positive result or like kind of using that opportunity. Um to still be one body, you know, um, where we, we might differ on certain spectrums, but we share the same Christ and we serve the same Jesus and how a pastor like yourself, you know, trying to deal with a merger and everything and balancing that side. Um, it's, it's good to kind of hear that that's one of the positives that you like, you know, I feel like that's kind of rare. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I guess the flip side, what would you kind of say is one area where you would like to see more growth or, maturity or change maybe the answer could be a little similar to the first one but what do you think yeah is one area you want to see grow and develop uh and then maybe follow that up with a few maybe practical steps that you and your leadership um can kind of implement to kind of help achieve that yeah it, i mean there's obviously a lot of areas that i think that our church can improve on one that just comes to mind just off the top of my head is the work of evangelism um mm -hmm. and i think Partly, it's a reflection of me as a pastor. The I have to work really hard at doing evangelism myself. Uh, and uh, I think our church reflects that on some level. So, mm. uh, so practically, we've been working really diligently trying to uh, change a mindset about how we're supposed to live. You know, being intentional mm. about the decisions that we make, uh, how we're going to allocate our time, who are we going to spend time with? All of mm. these things. So mm. you know, we've been doing this Hoosier One project uh, at our church uh, campaign where we're asking everybody to be praying for this one person that you're trying to evangelize and minister to and spend time mm. with and all of that. So uh, we've been really beating the people over the head about, yeah. you know, being intentional, using your home, being hospitable, mm. uh, looking for opportunities to share uh, one's faith. Uh, yeah. to bring them to church. Uh, so we're even, you know, beginning to think through our events and things that we do. We always want to have an evangelistic uh, mm. sort of aspect to it where, like, for example, this weekend, a bunch of our ladies are going to a formal tea. Uh, they rented out a tea tea house. Yeah. Going to a tea room or, uh, and uh, half of them are unchurched that are been invited and going. So we're trying to work Wow. Where let's not just our ladies go, but let's make sure that all of you right. bring somebody from work, neighbor, 
family member that doesn't know the Lord. So, so it's a work in progress. So that's an area that we can improve. And I think part of it is, you know, I'm much more theologically driven. And sometimes that can be a negative in the sense that, you know, I like to sit around, read books, talk about books, disciple guys on yeah. those kinds of things and uh, thinking more intentionally about the lost uh, people who so desperately need Jesus has been a weak point just in mm. my life and in my ministry. And I think that's reflected in our church. So mm. we're uh, working on that. The other aspect is I, I just, I, as I grow in the, in the love for the Lord and the local church, I want our people to grow in their love for the local church. Um, I think there's really a battle right now since COVID of what it means to like give ourselves mm. unto the Lord and to his people. Right. Like, uh, and I tell people all the time, when we ask you to come to church 15 minutes early, that's not suffering. You know, you're not going through a trial. <laughs> you're not having to say, count it all joy. It's right. A, it's sort of normal of what we should be doing, you know. So right. I think there's some aspects of those kinds of, you know, habits that we've gotten into in the past couple of years that sure. we're trying to break out of. Uh, but God's been good in that, too. You know, our people are growing. Uh, and relearning how to, oh, this is, we used to do this. and Right. You know, <laughs> getting out of bed on a Sunday morning, is it shouldn't be a, you know, right. major sacrifice that our family's making. Uh, right. Because our love for the Lord and his people, that we joyfully do that. So that's totally something we're working through as well. Do you, uh, with the church that you merged with, um, maybe with their leadership, has that been something you if there is another pastor still there, like, do you, is that something you both have to, it's not like there's now two congregations now meeting together. It's now you're one church. So has there been a difficulty in um, not like methodology for that stuff, but like with you both now trying to, if that's an area where you want to see growth, has that been something where both sides kind of have struggled with that, I guess, if that makes sense? Yeah, so um, the church we merged with was a dwindling congregation. So, okay. you, you know, uh, they had the building, the property. Yeah. Very few people. Okay. So, you know, when we were talking through the merger, you know, we were very upfront about, you know, what were probably some things that are negotiable and then other things that probably were not. I see. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if we had to give up like a plurality of elders model of leadership, that mm. probably would have been a deal breaker. You I know, see. yeah, um, yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's very important to us. Um, but it just all worked out. They looked at our bylaws and documents and said, you know, I mean, there are a few differences, but it just seems like this is where right we'll be fine with all of these things and. And I think there was some educating during the the talks, the process of why do we have elders? And, you know, we said, mm -hmm. you know, Baptists used to all have elders, yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, and here's a reasoning why. And it, it's shared leadership roles and, you know, all right. of these things. Right. Like, um, so they bought into it. So that's great. The, the merger was actually really smooth. Um, you know, like our culture of our church, our side, we had like a membership process mm -hmm. so, and they didn't. So when we, dissolved ah. and became a new entity like we wanted everybody to go through a, a just a process of what is our church about and sure what is what does it mean to sign a covenant and those kinds of things that's wise someone had questions but it wasn't uh a stiff arm or like 
I'm out. <laughs> this is yeah. Me. Uh, it, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so all of that was actually rather easy. And I think it's just, if people would listen to one another uh, and I think you're, you're gentle in your approach. Uh, mm. I think sometimes we take, you know, we, we have this winner take all mentality and uh, it's uh, everything's a non-negotiable. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That makes it really hard for any relationship. Right. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so all that was smooth I just think the COVID just kind of set us back because we merged and we couldn't really get together. Right. You know, right. And so, um, but people have been great. I mean, it's That's like true. one family now. I don't think people think of it as them, us, you know, I, that, right. That's I, I don't good. sense any of that. Um, and uh, I think both sides have seen the other as refreshing because our church really needed some wise older people. Uh, we needed to experience things like death. You know, uh, since I became the pastor of this merged church, I've done three funerals, which okay. in the previous uh, five years at the, ch the church that uh, I was pastoring before the merger did no funerals. I went to the hospital a bunch of times to uh, congratulate families on the birth of a child, right? but not at a funeral home and so on. But we've had, you know, multiple funerals. So all of these things are, um helpful as we disciple people like what does it mean to to age gracefully and remain mm. faithful even when your body's falling apart right you know, and uh you're dealing with pain almost every day of your life uh right until right. the end those kinds of things i think our folks older folks have really modeled well for us and so we're very thankful for that yeah and then for them seeing little kids run around and uh, <laughs> right uh and seeing from like a lot of our Asian folks, like, wow, you guys really honor your parents well, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, uh, like, for example, my mother lives with us, right? And it's a commitment that my wife and I have made, mm -hmm. you know, until we no longer can physically do it, we're going to care for her. Uh, and I think little things like that have been uh, helpful for yeah. both sides, right? No, that's great. It reminds me, my dad once had a, a similar uh, situation with a church he was at. Um, there was another local church that was dwindling, like you mentioned, largely Hispanic, um, had two services. One was in Spanish, one was in English and, um, very, um, yeah, a, a lot of older people were there. And when they started this merger, there were kids that came for that first Sunday and running down the halls, you know, kind of being loud. And one of the newer members looked at this older gentleman and said, I'm so sorry for the racket. And he starts crying. And he was like, I haven't heard children running and screaming in these halls in like 30 years, you know, it was some crazy number. And it, it made him yeah. really happy to finally hear children, you know, in those hallways again. So that's another cool, like your story to hear that. Um, uh, that's just a really cool picture, I think, of what what that means you know two churches coming together but one you know I, I that's that's really cool to hear um one of the other things uh as i would interview pastors when we moved to florida to um find a local church one thing i like to ask them was uh you know what's one theological conviction or maybe doctrinal belief that your church holds and how does that belief play out you know in your ministry practice whether it's on sunday mornings or during the week um yeah what's some what's one belief that your church holds and then how does how does that practically play out yeah well 
Let me try to answer that question this way. Um, th there's a doctrine that I hold dear that I think is sort of plays out in the life of our church. And we're trying to get, move our church along those lines. Okay. Which I think most people have bought, bought into and, um, and th that is putting primacy on the word of God in ministry and in life. Like people wouldn't generally disagree with that. Right. No, no one would say, no, we right. don't want that. But <laughs> right. I think it's just doing it in practice is what, um, some people have trouble with, uh, thinking about the pulpit ministry, taking that seriously, uh, heavy emphasis on, you know, personal Bible study instructions from God's word. Mm. memorizing God's word, all these mediums of grace that God has given to his church. And so there's a heavy emphasis. I mean, I remember when I first got to our church here seven years ago, this is before the merger. Uh, one of the young single ladies told me, yeah, th there's some people around community that was talking about you. And they said, your new pastor worships the Bible. <laughs> so I like, well, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, um, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I don't literally worship the Bible, but right. <laughs> there's a heavy emphasis placed on it. And I try to tell our people, when I say biblical, I don't mean conservative culture. I think there's some confusion as to what we mean by biblical, some of the mm. cultural values that we have. Mm. I mean, I'm, I mean, we're, we're going to try to understand this biblically in how we deal with politics uh, gender, uh, relationships, friendships, all of these things. Uh, how should we think about uh, our relationship to our parents? Like all of these things, we right. want to be biblical and not cultural. Right. And I mean, generally in the evangelical world, we mean conservative culture, right? And, and I and I said we want to be very biblical about that. So, um, so that that's one thing that I, I hold dear. I, I tell people, you know, we could agree, disagree on a lot of things, but you know, if you came here and said, I'm not an inerrantist, uh, right. I, we would be, this probably not, might not be the best for, place for you unless I can convince you otherwise. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, that would be the, the doctrine that I, I think if we could sort of wrap our minds around that, not only in belief, but actually in practice. Uh, I think many of the other things will work itself out. Sure. Um, I, I tell people, if you disagree with me, on something I'm doing or what I've said, uh, if you would come into my office with a copy of your Bible, I'll be glad to sit and talk and explain and hear your criticism. You know, right? But, uh, if it's if it's if it's not that, then you know, I'm not sure how far we'll get. Right. No, that's true. It's kind of hard to, um, because I know in some churches that I was at, that was a huge deal. Where, especially with COVID and everything being just heightened, um. Mm a lot more, I guess, political ideology or whatever tend to run the show, you know, or people's decisions as opposed to God's word, um, where we Christians, again, across the board would say that's where the authority is and where we need to really seek to understand, you know, as we practically make decisions in life, you know, not just saying the right things, but how do we do the right things and actually, uh, put that faith in, into practice. So, um, is that something you feel, I mean, the merger's only been how long now? Well, it's been a little over two years, but oh, okay. it okay. feels okay. like less than a year because of COVID. Right, you okay. Know? And Maryland was very strict. I mean, it's different than what it was like in Florida. Right. You, you guys were meeting in person and stuff 
there was no covid here apparently yeah Yeah, so it it was a little bit different up here in maryland and it's a very blue state so they they were thinking about this very differently up here right yeah there's no doubt about that um because i was going to ask i guess about kind of the timeline like if you felt that um you know being accused of worshiping the bible if you felt maybe that has changed like if people have come to see what you mean by that you know when you say we want to live biblically this is what i mean you know this is what most christians you know would hopefully agree with but would you say that's been a long time coming or has that changed at all in your experience since being there yeah yeah i think i i've seen a change and i think we're you know i think most people are on board um we never really got sort of like pushback verbally i mean that Mm. somebody did make that comment about my worship in the bible yeah but um you generally don't get that verbally because who who would come to church and say no, the Bible shouldn't <laughs> right. be primary. You know, you know right? But right. Except when you make choices and decisions and you decide to plow a certain path, then it just they might not like that. You know. Right. Right. So, but I think the people that are here, uh, they see the value of that. You yeah. know. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very thankful for where our church is at. Um, yeah, we're gonna start doing this again. We used to do this before COVID, where you know one Sunday a month we just ask people to stand up and we'll walk around with a microphone, ask them to share a Bible verse that they've been memorizing, and mm-hmm. it's a fantastic time. You know, yeah, eight, seven or eight, nine, sometimes ten people would stand up and you know because we we emphasize uh, that aspect of our ministry, and so right. Um, um, so I'm, I'm very thankful, uh, for yeah. how our church has come. That's great. And one of the, when I talk with pastors on the, on the podcast, one of the, uh, most everybody answers the three questions I've asked you. And then I kind of give each pastor their own kind of individual question. And you might've briefly somewhat touched on it already, but one thing I wanted to ask you is if you might could describe a time in your, again, plethora of, of ministry experiences in a lot of different ways with local church involvement. Um, maybe describing a time where you experienced uh, the suffering or, or hardship or a really challenging season or event, you know, not getting up on Sunday mornings like you talked about, um, but, you know, maybe something that was just really hard in the context of your pastoral ministry. And how would you say God used that um, and shaped you during that? And how might you encourage another pastor or church member going through something similar does anything kind of come to mind or a few things come to mind um when i was church planting uh, my dad's health was deteriorating Mm -hmm. uh, and uh it it became really difficult to take care of him just both not physically just physically but just his emotional state was not good Uh, Mm um so that relationship became very, very difficult. And then he passed away. Uh, it was mm. a very trying time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few years later, my younger brother um, passed away. Oh, wow. Uh, so th- those are some very difficult uh, times. Mm. Um, and then these past two years have been some of the most trying times just with COVID. I, I'm not quite sure even how to, I, th- I think some time's going to have to pa- pass before I can sort of really look back and see it. Yeah. Um, mm. and I don't even know Silas how to explain what this is what I learned here's some concrete <laughs> things that sure. I learned I think for me though 
the thing that the Lord solidified in me is more grit, uh, learning how to be more faithful. Mm. Um, like I look at my my own tendencies growing up. Um, I think I would have quit half a dozen times by now. Mm. <laughs> I think Lord used these things to help me uh, to remain faithful. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned in ministry too is to learn how to, a friend of mine recently said it this way, you know, learn how to cultivate the field where the Lord has placed you and don't necessarily worry about the fruit. Let him, let him deal with that. Mm. Just try to cultivate where, wherever God has placed you. And so I think the, 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 the difficulties uh, just even the difficulty of church dynamic during COVID, people leaving, not coming back, receiving criticism, probably some fair, many of them not fair, mm. uh, people attacking your wife. Uh, th- th- those kinds of things are very tough to deal with. Right. Uh, but um, I think I'm able to not only encourage myself, but encourage other ministers who all deal with very similar things. So whenever I talk to your pastor, <laughs> right. we're, we're sharing very similar things and struggles. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, he Saturday nights are the worst night of the week. For, yeah, for that's what he says. Yeah. So uh, that's ubiquitous everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think that the Lord has kind of helped me to remain, remain tight, uh, longevity, faithfulness. Uh, I'm not sure that without difficulties in my life, I would have learned those lessons well. Mm. Uh, That's great. I'm sorry to hear that about your, yeah, your dad and brother. I know that's, um, yeah, not easy for sure, but I'm really, I'm grateful that you feel the Lord has used that to help teach you and shape you to be faithful, you know, where he's placed you now and to serve your people. And, um, so I really appreciate you being willing to, to share that. Um, before we close, I don't know if you saw my second email <laughs> last night, but I love being able to hear scripture read in other languages. Um, so I don't know if you want to uh, pick a passage or, or read a verse in Korean and then maybe in English. To Well, I, uh, or... I, I think I responded kind of late to that one. Oh, you did? A okay. Little, a little while ago, but my Korean is very spotty. It's, it's not <laughs> okay. that good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I might not do service to the language oh that's okay yeah uh, no worries yeah. Well, i apologize about that um, no 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 if my mother was here i could have probably practiced with her a little bit but yeah yeah uh, koreans would not be pleased with my reading of <laughs> <laughs> well then yeah we'll we'll skip that no yeah. no worries uh, if you I might reading have, latin i, I can do that <laughs> yeah. so, that's cool too yeah. yeah well no worries uh i i really appreciate you taking the time today i know it's been busy a few weeks with you um with what you've got going on, but I, I greatly do appreciate your time. And, um, before we go, uh, I know we've got just a couple minutes left, but anything we can be, or those listening can be praying for, for you this cu- upcoming week. Yeah. I mean, just on a practical thing, a practical level, I mean, our attendance hasn't bounced back from before, I mean, it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's down, uh, and that has all sorts of implications. So, you know, we're, making budget cuts and all of those things. So th- those are always sure. unpleasant. So sure. uh, just on a practical level, um, uh, so that could be one. The other other is for uh, our church to begin to lo- love lost people enough, including mm. myself included in, in that when I say mm. our church, 
to really begin to take advantage of them seriously. That's my prayer for this upcoming year. So Sure. Awesome. Well, I know we'll definitely be doing that. Chris hammers in every week of us being a praying church and praying for other like-minded pastors and churches. So I know yeah, your name's yeah. your name's been up there a few times. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we'll definitely be praying for that. And I hope those listening will as well. Um, for those that are checking in, you know, for the podcast, we are on Facebook at the, um, the Down to Earth podcast and on Instagram at uh, Down to Earth Convo. So as always, stay tuned for our other episodes and grace and peace. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me.